Hi, I'm Jim Wells, and I'm a member of the Best of Us Investors community. I hope you will join and become a part of it. So I'm going to do this video a little differently. I think it's very important that I let you know where I stand before I start analyzing altcoins. And I'm also going to give you the specific criteria that I'm going to use for evaluating altcoins, along with the references that I'm using. Okay, so moving forward. So I'm going to read some of this. So number one, I want to apologize for not uh, saying the next statement at the beginning of my Cardano video. As a matter of fact, I should have said it at the beginning of my first video. Here it goes. Cryptocurrency is volatile. It is still very speculative. The whole space is still in price discovery. In the short term, it can drop 80%, which it has, and it can also raise 300% and has. It is not easy to get, it is not easy to use, and it's not fully adopted. That is what excites me about the space. Okay. The potential, the possibility of yield, and you have to be able to accept the risk if you are going to get involved in the space. I'm ready to accept that risk. I have been. So with that being said, 20% of my net worth and 50% of my stock portfolio is in cryptocurrency. 75% of my cryptocurrency portfolio is in Bitcoin. Why? One word. Adoption. Mass adoption. Talked about it at length. The people, the institutions that are getting into the space. Should I have gotten in on it 2,000, 4,000? Maybe. Maybe I should have. I understood the scarcity issue. I understand. I understood what it was trying to do, but I wasn't ready. And in some ways, I'm, I'm glad. I didn't have to go through the stress that was involved and all the ups and downs before mass adoption started to occur. I feel like this is the time. Yeah, the last six months would have been better, but it's still in the process of gaining momentum and adoption. Okay, has it run? Absolutely. Is it volatile? Yes. Can it drop 40%? Yes, it can. Can it go up 100%? Yes, it can. So if that excites you, you're in the right space. If it does not, and you're not looking for that kind of yield and volatility, potentially yield and volatility, you should not be in the space. Okay, with that being said, I'm still dollar cost averaging and buying on pullbacks. With that philosophy, I feel it is far less volatile. If it drops 40%, I will be ready with a bigger buy. Now, I'm in other altcoins, understanding that they don't meet the same level of criteria as Bitcoin as far as market cap, scarcity, and adoption. I believe they are much more speculative and volatile. That also brings potential for more gain. So I'm okay with that with 25% of my cryptocurrency portfolio. I like the things that Bitcoin offers and that is the majority of what I'm invested in. I'm in Ethereum, Chainlink, Uniswap, and Cardano. Why? They meet some, not all the criteria for investing in the space that I'm looking for. They all have different functionality and solve different problems than Bitcoin. And I'm researching and interested in others. A lot of from what I've heard from you guys, to be honest with you, and from other people on the Discord. And I'm in the process of researching them. 
What criteria should we use for selecting altcoins? That's what we're going to talk about today. I'll be right back. Best of Us Investors presents Jim Wells. So, how can we get the most yield with the least amount of volatility? Well, here it goes. Buy low and sell high. Okay, that's what a majority of the YouTube channels talk about. And it's good advice. If you know when it's going to be low and when it's going to be high, and you could predict the bull market run, the end of it, and the, the crash before it, and wait till it goes to the bottom to buy and then sell at the top, outstanding. If you're that patient and you understand the timing completely, that's great. Okay, I, I, as a matter of fact, I got a link to a video. Somebody said, hey, watch this video on Cardano. It's great. So I did. So I, I went to the link and young man, 70,000 views. He's been running a YouTube channel for a while. And he basically said, well, I bought Cardano at four cents and now it's run a lot at $1.22, which it has. He's absolutely right. And I'm going to wait till the end of this bull market and, and then I'm going to sell it. Great. Well, when will that be? Is that going to be in two weeks, two days, or two years? Who knows? Okay, so how about you guys? Did you buy it at four cents? If you did, congratulations. But I know a lot of you didn't. I know I didn't. So we got to dig a little bit deeper than that. So what criteria should we use for selecting altcoins? Well, one reference you can use is the book Crypto Assets. In chapter 12 of this book, it lays out exactly that. It's very clear, it's very concise of the criteria you should use. Now, I did use it as a resource, plus some other resources, but I used it as a resource and I did do some paraphrasing and I modified some of the things that they said in there that I thought were a little bit complicated. So I did some modifications to it. But basically that was my main resource, um, along with other things that other people in the space have said. So number one, is it decentralized? Is the altcoin decentralized? Okay, Bitcoin's goal is to be completely decentralized. Okay, some, well, most of the other crypto assets, um, that's the whole point of them. Bitcoin is the ecosystem. Okay, Bitcoin is the standard. Bitcoin is the Amazon of crypto. It's it's the favorite. It's Secretariat. It's the it's the uh, short odds. Okay, as far as mass adoption and all these criteria, it fits them all. So, but if we want to look for more yield uh, and some diverse, diversification in the in the cryptocurrency space, then we should apply the same standard really. And, and that's what it does. So uh, decentralization is number one. Okay, so we don't want to use our current way of doing things through banks and lending institutions. Um, and we want to be able to do things peer to peer uh, without other people telling us how. We want to be in control of our money. So, and our financing. And that's really what cryptocurrency is. So that's number one. Number two. What problem does the specific altcoin solve? Okay, so let's compare Bitcoin and Ethereum. Okay, so Andreas Antonopoulos okay, does an outstanding job of this. This is his three volume set, along with many other books and videos. 
but he explains Bitcoin and Ethereum as apex predators. Okay, so Bitcoin is the lion and Ethereum is the shark. So the lion, Bitcoin, controls and dominates everything on land and it is basically a currency and along with an ecosystem and a network, but it's a currency. Uh, and Ethereum is basically a world computer, okay, that basically runs its definancing, uh, decentralized financing with its DeFi on its own blockchain. Okay, the two are mutually exclusive. They don't compete with each other. They, two, they do very different things. As a matter of fact, they support each other because they do very different things. So, and I don't even know if I would, a lot of people don't consider Ethereum an altcoin. Okay, they consider it the number two, the, the, the computer versus the ecosystem and currency. So uh, that's number one. So uh, that's what Ethereum does. And that's the problem that Ethereum solves much different than Bitcoin. And you want to look at that when you're analyzing any altcoin. What problem does it solve? Number three, what is its functionality in comparison to similar coins? So the Cardano video, it's similar to Ethereum. It's faster. Uh, it's more cost effective, more eco-friendly, has not still in its infancy phases. It hasn't been completely adopted yet, but that's what it's trying to do in terms of its functionality. It has a plan for doing things cheaper, more eco-friendly, and, and communicating better. So. Uh, and faster in terms of its trades per second. We talked about that in the Cardano video. Litcoin is very similar to Bitcoin um, in and how it's set up, its white paper, what it's trying to do. Uh, it's more, it's definitely faster, but it's not as secure. Um, I'll let you in on a little secret. Some of you guys might do this too. Anytime I transfer Bitcoin out of my wallet, um, I transfer it to Litcoin first and then transfer it back to Bitcoin when it's on an exchange. Now, there might not be need to do that in the future, but it's cheaper with transaction fees. So yeah, I own Litcoin for usually about 10 minutes. So um, because of that, and uh, I don't think it's as good of store of value in my opinion. It hasn't run as much as Bitcoin, uh, but it's basically set up the same way, not as secure, but much faster and much cheaper right now. Uh, at least with my exchange and the exchanges I've checked on in terms of when you transfer it out of your wallet. Um, okay, so it's cheaper to actually send. Uh, and if you're doing small amounts, you know, why why take the hit? So yeah, transfer it over to Litcoin. Okay, check into that first because it might not always be the same, but that's where it's been that way for me. Um, is this altcoin being adopted? Okay, um, for what we look at, the market cap and the type of investors that, we, that are coming to the space, obviously Bitcoin, institutional investors, mass adoption. Um, when we're dealing with smaller market caps okay, and smaller coins, okay, you really should talk about liquidity. Is it easy to get? That's why I was excited about Cardano coming to Coinbase because it wasn't easy to get for a lot of people. Um, and are you able to convert it to cash quickly? Okay, that's liquidity. Are you able to do that? Bitcoin, it's very easy to do that. Ethereum, it's very easy to do that. Uh, SushiSwap, not so easy. 
Okay, it, you can't get it on every centralized exchange. It's a it's a decentralized um, uh, exchange. It's not sold on the centralized exchanges, so it's not as easy to get. The market cap is not as high, so you should take that into consideration with SushiSwap. I mean, it's growing. It might be a great investment for you. you I mean, everybody loves the idea of trading virtual sushi. I get it. It's it's kind of cool. Everybody talks about it, and it is a productive exchange, and it's growing. Uh, so that's one that you would want to look at. But liquidity may be an issue. Okay, so keep that in mind. Um, we also should look at the scarcity in comparison to other coins. Okay, we know that Bitcoin only has 21 million. Um, we know that Cardano is in the billions, 31 billion. So, yeah, it's not anywhere near as scarce. Okay, and that probably has something to do with the price of Bitcoin being 57,000 and Cardano being $1.22 or down to $1.12 right now. So, again, yes, so scarcity plays a huge role. Always check the um, amount in circulation, okay, because that's very important. Okay, so those are the main criteria. All right, so we are going to analyze some different altcoins um, on CoinMarketCap, and we're going to talk about how they fit into these criteria. Okay, so we are going to review the criteria for analyzing altcoins. Number one, is it decentralized? What problem does it solve? What's its functionality? Is it scarce? And then is it being adopted in terms of market cap? And also another thing we have to take a look at is, does it have liquidity issues or does it have the potential for liquidity issues? Coin market cap. Okay, the first one that we are going to look at is Ethereum. And when we're talking about Ethereum, it is all about decentralized finance. We just spoke about its functionality as a world computer. It has the highest market cap of any altcoin. Liquidity is, isn't an issue because of the fact that its trading volume is very high compared to other altcoins. It is not as scarce as Bitcoin, but it isn't being touted as the same kind of store of value as Bitcoin. I'm not investing in Ethereum because it's scarcity. I'm investing in it because of what it is. A world computer that handles the majority of all decentralized finance. And it still doesn't have the volume of some of the other currencies when you compare. So um, moving on from that, the next thing we're going to do is I want to um, basically compare both Uniswap and SushiSwap, which are DeFi that are both decentralized exchanges that work on the Ethereum blockchain. We are going to compare the two. So when you look at Uniswap, it is the number one decentralized exchange on the Ethereum blockchain. It's num the number eight cryptocurrency in terms of market cap. Um, it's the, it has the highest trading volume, okay? Highest trading volume of any decentralized cryptocurrency exchange uh, and it's working on version three it has no issues currently with liquidity because of its trading volume it's easy to get 
All the major exchange ha exchanges have it, and you can exchange it into cash very easily. Okay, when you compare that to Sushi Swap, way down the list here. Let's go to Sushi Swap. There it is. It's number 48. Uh, cryptocurrency in terms of market cap. It is the number two decentralized exchange on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, it is continuously releasing new features. It does communicate very well with the outside world in terms of what, it, what, is, what it's doing. Uh, they do a very good job of advertising what's going on. It is not easy to get in terms of the fact that it's not on most centralized exchanges like your Coinbase's and your Kraken's and Binance. It has a, it has a major potential for liquidity issues. Um, you can't get it into cash easily. And the reason for this is because of the lower trading volume. Um, yeah, uh, it does have a very cool name, however. And I don't say that lightly. Um, no one really wants to trade vir virtual unicorns. Uh, people want to use and trade virtual sushi. When you look at all the different people that talk about DeFi on YouTube, one of the first examples they always bring up is SushiSwap. Um, and, it's, and, it's, and it is cool. It is a decentralized exchange. Um, and it is growing. So it's something that you should really take a look at, but you should keep in mind that there may be liquidity issues because of its lower volume. Okay. Uh, so let's move on to Chainlink. So Chainlink is currently, there it is, at the number 11 spot. Now, we talk about chain, chain link. It is one of Ethereum's DeFi that acts as a decentralized agent. Some people say the word Oracle. I like the word agent. I think it makes more sense. Oracle to me conjures up mystic uh, people that are in the know. I like it more like a sports agent or an agent that tries to connect or link the real world people to the smart contract on the blockchain and then back again. Okay, Chainlink is the biggest agent or oracle on the Ethereum network. It currently has the 11th highest market cap of all altcoins right here. Okay, 11th highest altcoin of all altcoins. And it should not have liquidity issues because of its trading volume. Uh, the fact that you can get it on most centralized exchanges. Okay, this is all relative. Okay, there's there's uh, all coins that have smaller market caps and trading volume than SushiSwap, um, but I'm just comparing it to other all coins that have higher market caps, higher trading volumes, uh, and we want to keep that in mind. So if you want to compare the circulating supply of Chainlink to Ethereum, okay, it's Chainlink. Uh, there are um, more coins in Chainlink. If you want to go down to SushiSwap, which we didn't talk about the scarcity, you can see that SushiSwap, okay, so it doesn't have as much as um, Chainlink. 
Okay, and comparative to Uniswap. Okay, it has less than Uniswap also. So there is more of a scarcity issue there with, um, with SushiSwap as opposed to uh, Uniswap or Chainlink. Actually, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I've made a mistake. So Chainlink is actually a little bit lower than Uniswap and SushiSwap is lower than both of them in terms of circulating supply or scarcity. Okay, so that gives you some idea. I tried to use all of those different criteria and talk about each one of them when comparing different altcoins and cryptocurrencies. So hope that helped you out. If you decide you want to purchase an altcoin, Anthony Pompolino would ask you to consider dollar cost averaging. Uh, that's a way of reducing your volatility. Basically, you put in small amounts over a period of time. You can also set money aside for major pullbacks. At the 20% mark, I typically put in 20% of my allocation. Uh, if it drops down to 40%, I put in an additional 20%. In addition to that, I also do use technical analysis and I never purchase uh, unless it's hovering or below uh, the stocks or cryptocurrencies 20-day moving average. Um, so that's something else you can consider. Uh, obviously, sometimes below that would be better, but again, consolidating as a minimum 20-day moving average is usually my uh, benchmark for that. If you have other suggestions as far as criteria for analyzing uh, cryptocurrencies, love to hear them. In addition to that, if there's a certain altcoin that you would like me to analyze, please put it in the comments. Um, I will take that into consideration if there's a heavy response for one. I appreciate your time and we will see you soon.